Hi guys, welcome to Dr. Reju Podcast. My name is Reju. So, we're here. There is a man, Chief Sunday Adeyemo, who's been clamoring for the for the Yoruba nation to become an independent, autonomous nation. That's been the challenge and is currently in detention in Cotonou and there's a diplomatic kind of negotiation going on to get him extradited in India to come and face justice. John, yeah. what are you thinking? Okay, in your introduction, you said something about people asking who Sunday Boho is. Mm-hmm. And from what I've gathered, he he rose to prominence recently because he issued an ultimatum to the Fulani headsmen who were attacking the village in Ibarapa, in Oyo State. So, to many, he seems like a, let me say, savior. He was there to do something good. But the government are telling us otherwise. They're telling us he's a threat to the country. Yeah. From your point of view now, do you think Sunday Boho is just an activist who is trying to make sure that the Yoruba man gets the best of everything or he's just a threat as the government is putting it? You see, Sunday Boho is just like any other kind of, let me call it a superstar or someone who rises to prominence as a result of government failure and most of the time in most of the cases they are made by the government so sunday boho would be a classic case of a non-state actor that saw an opportunity and never planned circumstances beyond his control and because of the sort of position that has been given before when he benefited the government those in power and people look up to him you know, it's like the saying that somebody's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. That's the exact drama that is unfolding here. I'm sure Sunday Buho is only new to generality of the public. I don't think he's new to the government. He's not new to politicians. They might have used him maybe as a thug and all those kind of things. He can't have that kind of profile without at certain point in time he has been useful to them. But this is a particular case, like I said, is a non-state actor, just like the case of Namde Kano and all this. So the government, they are not owning up that Sunday Boho is their making. Because it's known that there are some herdsmen killing, maiming, raping, kidnapping people in that part of the country. And nothing was done about it by the state. And somebody had to rise up and say, okay, you can't be oppressing my people, park your things and leave. Because we know it in this country that when Fulanese are in a particular place, they have their sabo, they have where they live. That's how they are. But we've lived together like that for, you know, for many years without nobody asking anybody to leave. But that has changed. So Sunday Boho rose up. Sunday Boho saw an opportunity. He saw a responsibility, he saw a threat, he saw a challenge. So for me personally, I don't think Sunday Boho, he might stockpile weapons. I'm not saying he did, but that's the allegation. But whatever weapon Sunday Boho might have stockpiled, it can't be more than maybe in a, let's even say in a warehouse. It can't be a threat <laughs> to, the, to the might of the Nigerian army. It cannot be a threat. And when you look at everything is done, there is no record that Sunday Boho went somewhere and kidnapped people. There's no record that Sunday Boho went there and wreck havoc killing people. There is no record. Up till this moment, they just said it's a threat to the security of this country. It's unfounded. Sunday Boho is a non-state actor. Every time non-state actors rise up like this, reality is the failure of government. 
government when they fail to do the primary responsibility of government, which is to protect the welfare and the security of citizens. When such doesn't happen, the likes of Sunday Boho, the likes of Nandekanu, because there is no vacuum in life. They will always come. So Sunday Boho, for me personally, Dr. Ray, you speaking right now, I don't see Sunday Boho. There is no criminal allegation. There is nothing where we can say this is what this man has done wrong. Right? This is not... So even in Republic of Benin right now, he's a political refugee. That's what it is. He's running away from Nigeria. We heard that he was on his way to Germany with his wife. I mean... The failure of this government just make people that shouldn't, even their face shouldn't be shown on newspaper, they become superstars. So Sunday Boho is just a reflection of, he's become like the conscience of the country. Nandekano has become like the conscience of the country. Because really, we've said it many times, people have a right to say they don't want to be part of a country. They just must do it by legal means. That's it. He has not declared war on anybody. He's just saying, is an activist. Maybe let me answer your question directly. Is an activist saying we want to have a Nigerian nation. And like somebody said, the government should call Namdekano, call Sunday Buhu, and negotiate with them. That will have been more honorable than this nocturnal activity that the state did and went to arrest some of his aides in his house in the bad and all those kind of things. For me, Dr. Reggie speaking. It's shameful. Okay, so let me just tie to what you just said now about his house. Mm. Uh, I know you're not a lawyer and all of that. Yeah, well, thank you for doing <laughs> that. <laughs> but do you think they had the right to barge into his house and do what they did? Because I saw videos and pictures and it was looking really, I don't know, devastating. I learned that two people were killed. Mm. Yeah, and some, some of his aides and all of that were arrested. So was that okay or proper for the you know, There are a lot of rooms for government to do the unlawful, to do the illegal. I actually asked a lawyer and he said that. I said, don't you think there must have been a warrant? There should be a warrant. He said, and the question he asked, it's not legal. He said, don't you think getting a warrant, is it difficult? If they want to get a warrant, they will get a warrant. So it's not about warrant. Even if they have the warrant, they can still use the warrant to do something illegal. That they have a warrant, they can enter the place now and search. But that if the government said this guy is a threat to security, that there might not be need for a warrant. So they can go there. But this is state security, John. Why should they go at night? So for me, it's just a reflection of you don't kill a fly with a sledgehammer, right? The government is on the back foot. And honestly, the citizens should take advantage of it and keep pressing through every lawful, peaceful means. This government is on the back foot and that's where they must be. So for them to go and use a sledgehammer, you want to go and pick a Sunday boho, you move the whole of Rukuba barracks. <laughs> I mean, it shows that you are in a reactive mode. They said something about him using charms and... You know, when you now begin to put charms in the public... So they the have game, to be very sure. You have to put charms. How do you validate charms in the law court? How do you intellectually process charms? How do you legally say charms? Where do you put... So when the government is talking about charms, then you know that that government has lost it. Charms? <laughs> so you see, this is the government that we have. 
We're talking about charm in the days of technology when Richard Branson is flying to space. We are talking about charms. It is really a diagnostic report of the kind of government that we have. So they don't have any basis. Even they should blame themselves that with all the DSS, the intelligence, that they couldn't get the guy. And the guy can still cross our border. I mean, the government sometimes should really sit and say, we are actually failing. How did the guy cross the border? With the wife, not even alone. How did he cross the border? Somebody that has been declared wanted crossed the border and was able to get to the, even get a ticket. He was arrested, I think, in the airport, yeah. trying to board a plane. That means the government of Benin Republic, they are more effective than what we have here. Benin Republic, with all due respect to them. So nobody is safe in this country. The government can just put any kind of, you know, allegation on anybody. I mean, it's happened in this country, but when they went and just break down some doors of some judges, mm. you know, and things like that, there's a, this documentary that I just saw on Netflix, The Making of a Tyrant. It's like the manual of if you want to be a tyrant. There are actually a lot of things that tyrants do that I see in this government. is brutality. Brutality. They actually featured some global leaders there, which I'm not going to go into details here, but the whole things they are just playing out here, that this government is actually, if not, they've tended towards tyranny. That's what we have in this country right now. My conviction is, it's too late. This country is too big for that kind of thing. There will just be confusion. But the national question is there. This is a country yearning for a structure that works. That's all. Yeah, look at what's happening in Kaduna State. You know, in a country that works right now, Kaduna State, there should have been a state of emergency. The assembly there should have been suspended. The governor should have been suspended and put a sole administrator there. Yeah. Schools are closed. You know, schools are closed. Some of my friends there, they had to leave town because of death threats. So this is something happening in the country and somebody is still going on somewhere and campaigning for 2023. Come on. It's it's really sad. But our focus today is on the arrest of Chief Sunday Boho, you know, currently in detention and the diplomatic uh, discussions are on for him to be extradited to Nigeria. So, John. Governments of Benin Republic are saying uh, they will not let the governments of Nigeria have him till they follow due process. All right. But now many Nigerians are wondering or they are bothered. Yeah. If Iboho should be brought back to Nigeria. Will he have a fair trial? And that's what I want to ask you now, sir. Do you think justice will be served if you, Iboho is brought you, back you to Nigeria? You know as well as I do, John, that we don't have any effective legal system here. Iboho has already been, you know, he's already been tried. The government has already tagged him as a criminal. Iboho won't be here as, you know, suspect. He's already been. I mean, they've already tried him in the media. They've called him a separatist. They've called him all kinds of things. So if I will lend my voice to that, that the government of Republic of Benin should not release it, they should not, they should grant him asylum if that's the possible, because he will not get justice here. And back home, either you're Yoruba or non-Yoruba, because if, it, if it's happening to him right now, it might happen to anyone who lifts his head to fight, you know, for the welfare of maybe Domas, the welfare of Thieves, the welfare of Hausas, the welfare of Fulanis, the welfare of Igbos. 
they will follow because this kind of protest will continue. This whole thing is just like a woman in labor. Something, you know, a baby needs to be born. That baby is the correct, functional, accurately structured Nigeria. Every other thing is a diversionary tactic. And this government must not be allowed to get away with it. The 2023 election, if there's anything like that, what the Nam Dekanu thing is doing, what the Boho thing is doing is that that election should be converted to a referendum. Because even if Sunday Boho is killed, God forbid, another Igbo will rise. Even if Kanu is incarcerated, even if he's killed, another will. Because this, we had about a few weeks ago that there is another leader of iPod that has been installed. I think the guy lives in Finland or, or something like that. So these things have gone global. The government is fighting a lost battle. If they really want the best for this country, they should answer the national question. Going after Sunday Buhu is diversionary. For the Republic of Benin, let them do what is right. Sunday Buhu will check all the boxes of a, someone persecuted. Someone wanted for not being a criminal, but just an activist. He has not killed anybody. He has not declared war on the country. You can't accuse him of treasonable felony. He's not calling for, for the overthrow of the government. He's not done any of that. And, you know, personally, I don't like calling on national or maybe world, the world community. I don't know what they normally call it to come. No. Republic of Benin and Nigeria should say that the Republic of Benin should do the right thing. Grant him asylum. Don't release him here. He will only come back here. And he can even be killed. And that would be unjust. That protest should continue. And I like the way it's generating a lot of... There are the protests in London and the protests in the Republic of Benin itself. There are protests back here in Nigeria. So that should continue. I keep saying it and I've been repeating it. This government's on the back foot and we should keep them on the back foot. Okay, so in line with that, because his lawyers from Benin Republic said they've written to the German government mm. to intervene because his wife is a German. Oh, right. I didn't even know that. Yes, yeah, so is that okay well, now? That's a way out. You see, help can come from abroad. When push comes to shove, right, the German government will only save their citizens. And by extension, also, I don't think Sunday Buhu wants to go and live in Germany. I don't think so. I didn't even know the wife is a German. You know, so I don't think Sunday Buhu has a cause that he believes in. He wants a Yoruba nation, whatever that means. But you see, it, it might not be accurate, his definition might not be right, but there is a national question that must be answered. This structure can't, won't work. That's what Sunday Buhu represents. That's what Namdekan represents. And the government should do well to listen. But we have a government here that they don't care what citizens, I mean, Look at the support, it's tilted. Everybody's against the government and for Sunday Buhu. Yeah, everybody's against the government and they, they just won't budge. Why? Who is the representative of Ibuhu in the Senate? Who is the representative of Ibuhu in the House of Reps? Who represents him in, I think Ibuhu is in your state? Who represents that locality? Where, where are their voices? On whose side are they on? These are the kind of things that you know that this country, for many times, I've written that it's a failing nation. I hope I won't have to change my mind. You know, so we can't depend on Germany. Germany will go down to a point and say, this is our citizen, I won't allow anybody to treat her anyhow. And by extension, the husband, he won't solve our problem. He will not solve our problem. 
Yeah. Okay, so so this is a very I don't know I don't know how you take this question, <laughs> but I was going through some of the okay because people came out to protest and one lady said something about history repeating itself. Yeah. She was comparing this to MKO Abiola. She said she feels the Yoruba nation are rising up again and this is another um, attempt to silence them again. Um, well, when things happen like this, John, you can't blame anybody coming up with any kind of theory. Any kind of history. You link it something somewhere back there in history can easily be connected, right? It is it boils down to failure of God. I don't see the connection between these and MK Abiola. MK Abiola's case is totally different. MK Abiola was a candidate in the election that everybody believed that he won, and the military scuttled the election, they, they, they annulled it, and it led to a lot of protests in Adeko and all those kind of things. So when someone is sick, Right, and you fail to address or to effectively treat that sickness. There's something I learned from some medics, you know, of recent that if you are ill, or maybe you use antibiotics and you never finish the dosage, that you are actually setting up yourself for something bigger that might even be fatal. You see, that's the situation that we seem to find ourselves. It's as if we look at a particular problem. It's like that person, you know, you use antibiotics for two, three days, and you are okay, and then you stop. You don't finish the dosage. So because the Abiola thing, that's why I never supported when Abiola was given a post, humans, GCFR, or all those kind of things. That thing should have been done effectively. If you want to do it effectively. One, if you really want to deal with that problem, announce that election. You know, people might say, I don't already know that's true. Post humorously Swahimin. Put him as part of those who were one-time presidents of this country. And that's it. So declaring June 12 as a democracy day, for me, is an insult. June 12, 1993 was the day democracy was killed. It was the day we know that Africans should not practice democracy. Because it was the only time, it has been the only time in this country when Nigerians voted their conscience. And it was cutting. And they got away with it. The person that announced it, the person that announced the election is still alive and is working free. So you can't just come and just put a plaster on leprosy. They say in the, you know, you know, where I grew up, you can't have leprosy and ringworm and leave leprosy and begin to treat ringworm. You are a hypocrite. So if anybody is connecting this now with Abiola, we make it, we make some things possible. We put petrol in the fire. So I won't blame that person. Because they say, why is it Yoruba again? The Igbos have the same story. Look at what's going on in this country, and I keep educating people now. There's nothing called Hausa Fulani. Houses are different from Fulanese. Where are Fulanese? They're almost nowhere. These are the kind of things, when we don't deal with problems, another problem comes if we only bring the other one and add fuel to a raging, raging infamy. That's why you hear of, you know, all those kind of things. But it's good. So that maybe those people like you that were young when Abiola, all those kind of things. Why are you looking at me like that? You, were, <laughs> you know, so you maybe you know, oh, there was somebody who won the election and the person was never allowed to be. Those are the kind of things and eventually died for it. But this is what I'm trying to tell you, Jonda. 
even if Igbohu is killed, Igbohu has already become, it's no longer a symbol. It's already an ideology. It's a movement. And unfortunately, the failure of government creates such movement that shouldn't even be a contention in the 21st century. It's a no-brainer that this country right now, there should be an Igbo nation. There should be a Yoruba nation. There should be an Idoma nation. There should be a Tib nation. There should be a Hausa nation. There should be a Kanuri nation. Right? But for us to keep forcing this marriage, keep forcing this husband and wife together that they don't want to stay together and we're insisting they must stay together, there's nothing we can do to divert attention. We, we keep coming back there. Okay, so I don't know who said this, but someone said the government of the day is arresting agitators without addressing the cause of agitations. Mm -hmm. And we don't see this, many Nigerians say they don't see the same energy when it comes to issues in the north. They still have bandits, kidnapping and all That's of that. That's the real problem. Though. I mean, we have intelligence to go and pick a kanu from wherever, Ethiopia or whatever. We have intelligence to go and locate where Igboho is in Ibadan, not Igboho. But we can't pick the bandits that are rampage everywhere. You see, that's the problem. That's why people accuse this government of gross, crass, brazen, in your face kind of nepotism. That Obuari is a tribalist, right? He's a religious fanatic. And that's, you know, he keeps proving it. Why is it that? Shekawa had died and resurrected many times, never arrested. Why is it that it only went southern? You see, I hate talking like that. I hate talking like that, but I'm put in a position where I have to say that. Not one, even when Gumi said he knows where they are, we can't go there and pick them. Bandits collect ransom every day. Kano has never kidnapped anybody. Ibuhu has not kidnapped anybody. Bandits are on rampage. Look at what's happening in Zamfara. Look at everywhere. Nobody has been brought to book. Even Plateau State. Even in Plateau State. There was a time I didn't even know that there was a jailbreak here. In Joss here. Nobody has been brought to book in the north. We've not seen anybody. We've seen Mieti Allah came out to say that they are responsible for a particular massacre. Nobody was arrested. Come on. I mean, it's too... You know, it's too open. This in your face kind of, uh, you know, I don't care. You know, it's as if if you're not a northerner right, right now, you're an endangered species. And that is not acceptable. John, yes, how do we wrap this up? So, away from Ibuhu, now let's talk about the Yoruba nation. Okay. So, do you think they have what it takes to, let's say, stand on their own? Are they, let's say, economically ready for, for a nation of their own now? Yes. There is no, there's no tribe in this nation. You see, there's more than enough in this nation for 200 million Nigerians to be millionaires if we were managed. And there is no nation, even America can't stand alone. When you talk about politics, when you talk about economy, when you talk about politics, when you talk about all those kind of things, you know, so the survivability of any nation, and nation is not people group. It's not dependent only on what they have within them but what they can also access outside of them. So we can't be talking about whether it's going to work. I mean, it's like you say, can states handle state police? That's like saying that. There is no state in Nigeria right now 
that they don't spend apart from the fact that the police in their state is federal police what they spend to still sustain the police is a lot look at what governors also get in terms of uh, say security vote and things like that that and many of them have state kind of local security also and look at all the amateko and all those kind of so to say the Yoruba nation cannot survive. No, come on. The economy of Lagos alone, you know, if you look at the percentage of what Lagos contribute, look at, I mean, River State can stay alone as a, as a country. So there is no tribe, no ethnic group in this country. Because, for example, if you look at the Domas, they are not only in Benue. They spread as far as Taraba, they spread as far as, you know. So if they all come together, you see, the first viability of a people group is not what's just in the ground, it's the people. And then how they can use what's in the ground. And what's in the ground, people who need it, they'll pay for it if you can add value to it. So the viability of any kind of people group in Nigeria is a little bit because we've done it before. I was talking to, you know, to, to a prodigy of my who lives in the U.S., he was telling me his, his very horrible experience. Went to Washington, the Nigerian embassy there to go and renew his passport. He was horrible. The experience was horrible. He said in the embassy in Washington, there is no air conditioning. So I was sharing that with my sister who lives in the UK. And I one said, the one in London, the toilet doesn't work. It doesn't have a door. You see, that can happen at a time when there was a time when East... The eastern region had a consulate abroad. The western region has a consulate abroad. That's to tell you that it's not a recent phenomenon. There was a time these regions were autonomous. So you can't say the Yoruba. The Yoruba nation is, they are like 10 times Singapore. Yeah, Singapore is not more than, it's not bigger than Plateau. It's a nation. So viability is out of it, right? There are bigger challenges because the Yoruba nation themselves, within the Yorubas, how united are they? But those are problems that can be solved within. They won't even know they have such problems when they have that kind of nation. The Igbos are clamoring for a nation. Let, let me tell you, if, they, if the Igbos will come together today and decide they want to have a nation, the first challenge they will have is where is going to be our capital? Yeah, where is going to be our capital? It's easier to unite when your enemy is outside. But honestly, you won't be able to face the real problems as long as you have somebody else to blame. That's why our governors are not responsible. Because anything that happens in their state is federal. It's federal. So there is no people group in Nigeria that can survive. Because what they have in the Niger Delta, the northern region needs it. Right? And there are a lot of skill sets in the north that those in the Niger Delta need. So it's about not just looking within, so they can act. It. The answer is yes. There is no people group. The Angas can survive. The Birums can survive. Because they have something that others don't have. And it's a matter of being responsible. The government right now is too big and then far from the people. That's always been my position. They are too big and far from the people. Government functions when they are close to those they serve when they are close to those they govern. Because the functionality of the government is based on how, how effective accountability is. 
to what extent are the citizens empowered to be able to hold government accountable? If the chief of police is my neighbor, my neighborhood will be safe because it's part of me. That's, that's the issue. That's, that's really the question. I want to end from where I actually started, that this government in a long while is on the back foot. There was a loud statement made during the NSAS protest, and I'm sticking my neck out. That statement is still reverberating. This government is on the back foot, and that's where government should be. That's where government should be. That's what brings out the best in them. Let's see the arrest and all the clamorbers on the Buhua, but not the colonel, the whole problem about the electoral bill in the house as a reaction to our protest. Let's get it going. For a long while in this country, the house backed off on the press bill because of protest. Let's mount up the pressure. Let's keep up the pressure. And this government, that 2023 election should be converted, reconfigured into a referendum. Thank you very much for hanging out with me on this episode of Dr. Reggie Podcast. Let's continue the conversation. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Reggie Musings, on Instagram, Dr. Reggie, on Twitter, Dr. Reggie. And we can be listened to on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a host of other podcast spaces. Please follow me and uh, drop a comment, drop a question, and I'll be glad to continue this conversation with you. Thank you again for listening. Bye-bye.